someone asked me about coffee yesterday as an example and um like from a biased perspective i obviously love coffee but from a different perspective when they're having five cups a day i was like um yeah so you need to consider <laughs> the amount that you have in and how much is blocking your iron Welcome to the Hus Nutrition Podcast, and today what we've got then is uh, is Evo is here with me, the Whole Food Warrior. Hello, Eva. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, so I'm a band registered nutritionist. Um, initially, I actually specialised in cancer and type two diabetes, but I have now gone down the very corporate route of employee wellbeing. Tell me more about that. Like, tell me more about your journey. Like, what got you into doing what you actually do? Now, I know, because obviously I've done the research, I've looked at your mm -hmm. website, I've seen all that stuff, and I've known you for a little while, so I know a little bit about it. But what have you endured to get to where you are now? Sure. I mean, the nutrition part came from a bit of a quarter-life crisis. So my background's in IT, and... Um, I was on a rollout of iPads to not to four year olds. So it was a nursery group and I kind of looked around and I thought, you know what, this is in no way, shape or form contributing to society because these kids should be interacting and you know, talking to each other, learning social skills instead of typically typing away on an iPad. Mm. And like, especially in a nursery group, you know, it's well accepted that at home, you might give your kids a few hours on the iPad, like fine. Um, so I really looked around at what I enjoyed doing and food's always been on top of the priority list. Um, and nutrition just seemed to have been the right angle to go down on. So I did a three-year qualification and then came out of that four and a half years ago um, and set up in business. And actually the cancelling was, was quite interesting. I didn't really intend to specialise when I initially qualified. They always did say to us, just specialise in an area because it's much easier to explain what you do that way. And the cancer, the cancer side was more people coming to me and going, there is no one in the East Midlands that can support us from a nutritional perspective. Mm. Please, can you do something? So I started going along to um, CPD events designed for oncologists and GPs. And then what I did is I took the learning that they were getting from a medical perspective and I married that up with the nutrition side. So I started supporting individuals that were maybe going through chemotherapy or they maybe have come out the other end and they're now going through the recovery phase, but were utterly fatigued. So we worked on just feeling great and, you know, doing absolutely everything that we can to ensure that they remain as healthy as they can do. So I guess it was, it was a question of demand in that perspective. I think what's amazing there is that you say those words like feeling great. And I think that if you'd ask anyone, they would go, you've either got to be elderly, you've got to be young, or you've got to be sick. And they would just, or you've got to be obese or something. There's got to be something wrong with you to be able to employ that. But when you say those words of just feeling great, it's like, doesn't everybody want that? And I think that's such an amazing, yeah. really positive term that so many people could take on board and take away from just having some nutritional advice in their life. Yeah, definitely. I do think we are coming around to it, you know, and I'm I'm very hopeful that more more people are turning towards looking after themselves. And that is literally what it's coming down to. You know, the same way that we go to the gym and we exercise, that's looking after our physical well-being. We need to look after our well-being from a nutritional perspective and from a mental health perspective as well. 
Mm. And unfortunately, the situation, well, I suppose it's fortunate, unfortunate, but at least with Rona, I feel a lot more people are turning that tide and going, okay, I maybe do not feel 100%. Is there anything I can do myself instead of waiting until things go wrong? Uh, Yeah, I think what's absolutely amazing about the message that you share and actually the sort of the food that you create and all that other stuff, it's always about the nutrition first. It's always about like, how is this benefiting me? It's not about, look how low calorie this is. Look how like amazing and sweet. And I'm going to show you this like no calorie chocolate pudding that's just going to be as good as a dairy milk or whatever. There's none of that. Which you do get in in our industry, especially because you've got the washing of, you know, the diet culture, which is, you know, mm-hmm. natural without mentioning, um, you know, names of companies. But uh, then there's also the fitness industry that has a lot to answer for as well. Um, and they all feed this, um, this, this, this idea that people should always be over-exercising, under-eating, um, that in some way that they're scrutinized for wanting to have just normal food, which um, in, in, in my world and the way that I try and create the food for people that I want to celebrate that stuff with, it's a matter of this is just normal food. It's whole ingredient, um, good cooking that is just celebrated in the most sustainable and realistic way because, you know, no one's going to sit down and do like a five or six hour cook, you know. Yeah, um, I love that. But I think that's what's amazing about your stuff as well is that you just go along that idea of this is going to feed your body. And that is number one priority. We're not about um, celebrating how few calories something has. It's a matter of like going, it's all about the nutrients and feed that system and it will feed you. I mean, you only have to look at those sugar-free Haribos to know that calories are not a great idea, right? Did you see them? Did you see the reviews? No, but I tell you what I saw the other day, and literally it was in one of the biggest and probably most profound supermarkets that we all know, um, and it's chick- pure chicory root fibre in, in a gel. It looks like honey. And you sat there, and, and literally, I mean, there's a warning on the front that says, this is not for a low FODMAP diet on the front of it. And I was just sat there, like, going, like, you've got something that is the most processing, and but it's sold as a health food. Um, with mm-hmm. no sugar no sugar it's like a no sugar honey basically they're trying to sell it as um because it's just fiber it's just like it's like a glock gl- interesting yeah which was it was yeah <laughs> um, well the sugar-free haribos have a similarly laxative effect but there's loads of amazon reviews honestly you need to read them they are so funny that's kind of like the time that uh, i bought like magnesium oxide and you try and take 600 milligrams of magnesium oxide and then it's like, yeah, that was a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> buying cheap cheap supplements and stuff. Um, On the calorie front, just to go back to it, I absolutely am against calories because they are just the worst measure. So if you think calories were originally derived as a measure of, you know, how much burning a particular food increased the temperature of the water around it, so it's the absolute measure of energy, but our bodies aren't perfect furnaces. So we respond to calories completely differently. And I I use this analogy a lot with my clients and definitely with talks that I do. 
a hundred gram bar of dairy milk and a hundred grams of almonds literally have the same calorie content. So it's around 600 calories. But when you eat the almonds, the body absorbs a third at most, depending on how well you chewed it. Whereas you literally absorb the whole work of the calories from the chocolate bar. So calories really only matter if we're having processed foods, but if you move to having whole foods, it's a different thing altogether. And if anything, like switching to whole foods means you can eat more and you can worry less about the calorie side of it. But the biggest challenge I find is to demonstrate to people what it's like to feel great versus not feeling great because we're in this constant rat race of, you know, doing and you don't really notice that you're below par until you really focus on it and the results aren't immediate. So I think that's that's the key bit that we need to get across more than anything else. And I also think um, people eat food. They don't look at so normal people eat food. They don't sit down and go, oh, you know, look at this. Like this, the, the, I look at this. They don't look at protein, carbs, and fats, and uh, how many calories this has got on the back. They don't sit flipping over and reading the ingredient list. Most people just eat food. Um, and I think that that's that 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 disparity between like going okay if I choose this plate of like hot dogs and bread and, and fries or whatever it is I'm just thinking about what, what normal normal people eat um, and then versus this massive bowl of salad you know or whatever um, you still find that like the massive bowl of salad and all the rest of it calories matched calories equated. Like one is going to fill you up more. One is going to make you feel better. Uh, it tastes better too, ironically. And then the one that isn't on the opposite side of that has got lots of energy availability because it's just going to go mm-hmm. straight through your digestion. Um, but it's not going to satiate you. And then you're going to be sat there going, well, I want more later on, or it's full of sodium and all that other stuff and salty uh, foods and whatnot. Foods, it's not just energy. It is information to the body. And I, and I do say that to people because they sit there and just look at the calories or they've got like hand measures or they've got their plan or whatever it is, their perfect plan that come from, you know, Mount Vesuvius down on a golden scroll and was bestowed upon them. Um, but there's a lot of information with that food. And like you were saying about if I have this bar of dairy milk versus this bar of, or this bag of almonds or whatever, is that that tells the body two completely different amounts of information one's probably going to make you quite tired and sluggish and make you feel a bit sick after and one you would get to a point where you've gone i'm okay now i've had enough of that i can walk away from that food um and i, th- I think that's what's so confusing about food and nutrition and all of those other things because in actual fact so many people don't ever get to experience that because they just eat food and they don't and and that's why they do need plans and they do need some guidance as it were yeah sure help guide them down down that path and and show them what is right and wrong because not right and wrong but have an experience have the opportunity to find it out because you know we we're all given this body we're all given this physical being but no one mm-hmm. ever gives you a book and says this is how you do it dude <laughs> like this is how you move yeah, forward of course no most definitely we do get um we do rely a lot on guidance, I guess, from the food industry, which, as we know, isn't necessarily the best thing because 
processed foods are always going to have a much larger marketing budget. So if that's the information we're bombarded with constantly, it's actually not that easy to eat really well. Mm. If all you're seeing on TV and any other media is eat this delicious item, it's going to taste fabulous. And then we go, well, actually, is there any nutrient value in it? You almost bypass the nutrient value for that moment of feeling good. Yeah. But I do think there is, you know, I, I don't really think nutrition is as linear as, as going, this is a bad food and this is a good food. The way that I like to think of it is what are you missing? If you looked at your diet today, is it basically 90% carbs? And maybe you are not having enough protein. Maybe you've got no vitamins and minerals going in. So what, what is missing from there? And then start adding in the things that are missing. Mm. And I think that's maybe a more acceptable way to look at it for most. And definitely I've, um, so I've just run this, it's still running the lockdown group. And actually one of the most beautiful things that have come out of it is in the first week we started counting vegetables. So how many different vegetables are you having in a day? And, um, I always go back to this myself. So if I ever start feeling a little bit below par, I start counting how many vegetables I'm eating per day with the aim of getting to 10. And most people after the week are feeling awesome. Yeah. And it is just, it's not adding massive quantities of veg in, it's just adding 10 different ones. So we're doing all the things like side salads and loads of roasted veggies. And, you know, people are having the food that they wanted to eat, but we're just adding nutrients to it. I think just because you said something that's just triggered me about uh, the first time I ever came, uh, the time I clocked eyes on you and you were saying about eating things or finding things that are missing and then adding them in. And I can remember the way in which I found you was at Chats with Country Fair. Yeah. I can remember the people that I was with off doing their thing because I said, you know what, I'm going to go and check out this nutrition uh, speak because it's, it's on the roster. I'm just having a look through. I'm like, oh, wow, look, okay, like, I'll go check it out because it's like, because it's, it, it, it could be my spirit animal, you know, it's the kind of thing I'm into. <laughs> and, uh, and you go along to these things. And I think that, and I think that you were in the same, actually, because like, because I do present a lot, and I could see how, and I see how people are when they're presenting. I think it was, uh, I think you were quite shocked to see how many people were there at the time. I think you were kind of like, and it was really exciting. But um, and I think that when people hear that word of nutrition, they think of, uh, you know, the really like no dye in the hair, uh, like really grey bland food, like this wizened lady is going to stand there and tell me that I need to eat more whatever, eat more vegetables. And you said the most beautiful thing that I think I can even remember people sat near me in the audience. You said, do not be afraid of fat. You must eat fat. You were cooking eggs at the time and you must eat fat and cholesterol. And I know why. And I'm like, and I'm like sat there and I went, okay, now I'm in. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody gets it. It's okay. I'm going to stay. And I can remember that, like, you know, some, you know, everyone's going, oh, like around me. And I think even you at the time were just like, look, I know you're not going to get this. It's going to sound a little bit scary. Like I get it. But look, you know, research has changed. And then, and it was just how you went down that path. And I was like, yeah this one's a good egg like not to use that quote but uh, <laughs> literally an egg <laughs> yeah yeah literally and uh and, and i sat there and i was just like right okay that, that's that's great and so from there it's always been one of those things i was like yeah eva she's she's on the good side so like that's why i always like followed you and found 
um because you always like i was saying it's going back to the point i was, I was saying is about nutrients first and feeding a body yeah rather than oh, thanks dude and, and looking at all that stuff that's missing and like you were just saying add that in and eat more eat more food yeah. rather than trying to eat less all the time you know and, and something that you do find that like people don't even see food as being their food um you know like carrot sticks and celery sticks or whatever it is people like go that's just not food i eat and <laughs> and, and they'll walk by it and they'll be hungry mm. and, but they'll walk by it until they can find something that's deadly convenient and it's all whatever in actual fact there's nothing more convenient than a carrot so just, pe- just peel and chop dice just get it in you know uh, literally it, yeah literally and it tastes better and it feels better too you know but yeah no that was that was my first experience of uh, and, and sat in there like going yeah okay cool this one's, <laughs> this, one's this one's a good egg literally As again, you are right though there are a lot of misconceptions around nutrition and i think a lot of it comes from the diet industry and like i want you to eat food i want you to eat good food i don't think any of that's being taken away from you we just need to focus on the nutrients that we fuel in our bodies with. Mm. And they've, um, where was it? I was reading recently that, not to single men out, but um, men specifically don't start paying attention to their nutrition until something goes wrong. Yeah. Women tend to be a little bit more probably diet industry driven actually, and they look at it a lot earlier, but men tend to come around to it nearer to their 40s. Or a little bit later i guess like you were early into that game so well done high yeah, fives i think yeah <laughs> i think um i think for women obviously i think intrinsically your body clocks and you know your body is going to have to at some point i'd like to think that your body was able to go through creating another one yeah and i think that internally that wires the perception of I probably need to keep myself a little bit more well. Whereas men, you know what, you're right. I think that as men, we are <laughs> the way in which we react. Well, that, that is the word. Like we just react to stress. We're not the, whereas women will kind of like sit on it for a little while or think they'll think about it. And then they'll actually like maybe pass it on to a few other people and they'll be quite like sound about it. Whereas men just like, go, right. Okay. Off we go. And then, and then they'll, and they'll make an action and they'll do something. And I think that that is why. Because obviously mm-hmm. you hit 30, things start to drop off, et cetera. By 40, that's starting to have a, a profound effect, as you just use your example, uh, maybe having a profound effect. And then all of a sudden it's like going, right, now I have a need. And now this has got to be something that I need to come to. Yeah. But just I think that the saddest part of that is that we live so much of our life not really feeling that great and just kind of getting by and you know, doing okay. Whereas that potential to feel so much better and to do so much more with your time is really there. Mm. I mean, how much more would you be able to do if instead of in the afternoon feeling fatigued and wondering when your tea's going to be ready and when you can have a nap, you actually had the energy to carry on for the afternoon? Like, that's the way that I really like to look at it. My dear friend Gary would say that it's, uh, it's being in a different state and the state that you're in at the moment is like, an ice cube and that is the, exactly the same thing as you grow and you turn into water and until you know what that is like you're always just going to be an ice cube you have to learn to just evolve and adapt before you can even then go on to, to become the gas yeah 
yeah, Gary's a wonderful man. Um, we need to de-ice cube ourselves nutritionally. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about it's all about the hydration, bro. <laughs> so, um, so you're not in Nottingham at the moment. Tell us where you are. No, I uh, ran away to Sweden. Broken, <laughs> broke the escape, break the mold. How come you're there? Yeah, no, no. Um, I mean, the other half is on a contract here um, as a chef because. Obviously, with the Rona, the hospitality industry kind of went down the pan a little bit in the UK, and um, everything that I'm doing now can be done from a laptop. Thought, do you know what? If I'm going to do something crazy, like work from a different country for a little bit, now is the right time to do it. And Nottingham, we're going into tier three. And I just thought, no, um, I'm going to drive back. So I drove over to Stockholm, which is where I am. I'm probably going to be staying here until about March. But also, I think second to that, I just didn't really handle that first lockdown too well. Mm. So I know that really I needed to change a lot of things to just to be in a good place, to be in a good space. And this is an extreme example, of course, but it just seemed like the right thing to do. So yeah, there's a bit of Norway and then Sweden. It's chilled here. Is there anything that you're missing from here, from home? Um, Being able to speak the language, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, yeah, I, my experience though, you're so it's like Swedish, and they're very good with English. They're very they good. are it's like scarily good. Mm. I'm forever going into shops. In fact, I went to grab a coffee the other day, and the guy came out with like the most perfect American twang, but the most perfect English accent. And I was I was saying to him, you know, like, how did you learn such good English? And he was like, oh, thanks from films. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you serious? From films, you learn English that well from films. Like, yeah, sadly, it's just insane. we don't get enough European cinema over here to really try and learn <laughs> and come to those other languages. Um, yeah, that's true. But you know, I think what I really found actually super useful from a nutrition perspective to bring us back onto topic is the Swedes have a completely different attitude to well-being. So they spend a really large proportion of their time outdoors and um, a lot of the guys still take part in a hunting season as well. So they get fit for it. And also there's a real lunch culture. So everyone eats out at lunch or they all get together at work and they eat lunch together, but it's healthy. They do have a lot of cake, but their lunches are like, you know, salads and everything else and they speak a time in the afternoon which is when they have a little bit of cake but you know a little bit of the good stuff never hurt anybody it's fine I, I, they get their nutrients in a, a lot of european cultures are like that i think um their their ideas about food and eating and time at the table and all those other things is is much stronger yeah. um i mean because I, I mean i've got greek heritage and even if you look at the diet of that, you know, it's 90, it, most of it is, 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 is either plant-based food, it's just whole ingredient food. There's a very yeah. small amount that's actually the pastries and the, and the honey and the orange and the rose waters yeah. and all those other things. Um, and even Spanish and French and all that other stuff, the basis of it all comes from whole, whole foods. But I imagine as well that culture, especially specifically where you are, it's the dark and light. It must be very different from being in the UK. I imagine being more north, etc. So the, the sun must be at a different time. Yeah, it's definitely getting darker a lot sooner. And it, it, it crept up really quickly as well. So I wasn't 
I was not prepared. I was not prepared for the darkness. I mean, at the moment, we're talking between nine and three, but maybe the sun's going down at half two mostly. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's, it is quite dark, but then you see a lot more people outdoors, even with it being dark. So I think it's just, it's a way of life, isn't it? It's a culture, I think. And that's really the key to, I feel, us getting much better as a nation is that introducing that culture, whether it be at a workplace, which is where I'm trying to do the majority of my work now, or it being at home, you know, get outdoors, introduce more vegetables. It's not really that hard. If somebody is working those patterns, though, where they aren't seeing a lot of darkness, uh, a lot of light versus the darkness, are there any like top three recommendations that you could uh, help people out with? Is that just to work in the circadian rhythm? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that aside, vitamin D during the winter months is actually part of the government guidelines now to supplement with that. And obviously we can only get vitamin D from the sun between March and the end of October. So vitamin D is always key to feel good. Um, I notice it a lot whenever, I, whenever I'm low on vitamin D, I just start feeling really grumpy. And I almost have to check myself and I'm like, why am I feeling so grumpy? Yeah, oh yeah, it's the vitamin D. Um, the second one is just to get outdoors anyway. Like whether you can get outdoors in the morning or in the evening, even if it's in the dark, get a head torch, you'll look awesome. And just uh, obviously safely walk to places, but get in outdoors and getting some fresh air. I tend to always pick on lunch times as a good time to walk, but I get that most people might not be able to get out there. So just go for an evening walk. Yeah. It will help you feel loads better. Um, and then the other one is just pick up a book in the evening instead of being on your phone or watching TV because that helps you wind down so you sleep better. The whole it being dark for so long is only a problem if it upsets your sleep pattern and we can control how our sleep pattern works, really. Um, what do you reckon? Have I missed anything? No, not at all. I think for, for me... Um, I think if you supplement vitamin D for too high for too long, uh, that can be a, a bit of a problem. And I think that sometimes the recommendations are massive. I mean, I've seen massive doses, um, but I think it's more for me a matter of frequency over mm -hmm. volume um, with, with that. For me, I, I like to make sure that I eat near a window in the morning. Mm -hmm. right, like right now I'm in front of a, front of a window trying to get in front of the window as much as I can um, vitamin D lights as well and basing some of your foods the vitamin D from most foods is like like mushrooms and, and dairy and stuff like that uh, I'd still make sure that someone is trying to hit that with a good quality vitamin D we're not just talking something yeah. from, you know, I, I like to see it, and I'm sure that you do as well, having a really good supplement that's not just something from, from Boots or from your local pharmacy because um, the quality of the ingredients and also things like fillers and stuff like that, they're just not as beneficial and as easily absorbed yeah. and readily available for the liver and everything else to do its job. So um, for that very purpose, I'm actually a big fan of sublingual sprays. Yeah. So the D3 and the K2 combined, Nutri do a really good one. Yeah. Um, and you just pop it under the tongue and it, it's much better absorbed. Um, but ironically, the best food source of vitamin D is liver, which is why in a lot of the Scandinavian countries are very big on cod liver in the winter. Mm. It's, that's why it's vitamin D content. But 
Liver's really fallen out of like favor, <laughs> yeah. favor and favor and, for and, many reasons. And fish as well. You know, you look at the uh, uh, algaes and things like that. They're not the first thing that we as Brits, I think, especially inland, start to even think about um, to hit first. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's only probably five fish that we even eat. When you look mm -hmm. at UK fisheries. Exactly. Um, an actual fact, you know, even like seafood and all that other stuff's got such uh, a good uh, good content of vitamin D and minerality and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, just going back to like, if, if we work in darkness a lot of the time, for, for me pers personally, talking from experience, it's really about managing the stress. Um, and, you know, firstly, making sure that you look at how to manage the stress in your life uh, that you might be coming onto, un onto because people don't look at their diet and go that, oh, all these other factors are around me or are affecting natural food choices that I have. Um, and some people just don't know why they do things. They just do them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so in actual fact, it's look like, let's look at maybe this really stressful job and everything else, the situation that you've got going off at home or the fact that when you need to escape, you have to escape in cigarettes and alcohol and all those other things that we that, that don't moan back at us when we abuse them. Um, you know that they have a different implication on the, on the on the body later on so it's like look at that stress and then i think what you just said was a really amazing one was having some time to wind down and get away from the computer and away from your phone and having a conversation and trying to end on positive um very settling moment at the end yeah. of the day so you can be ready to go and if you aren't then make sure you write things down you know get yeah. them out get them that out works too so going back to because you're because obviously you're away, um, are there any foods that you make that remind you of home, or like the best meal that you've ever had, or like like those moments? Anything that's really comforting to you? Foods that are comforting. I mean, I like I love all food, so <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't really say that um, I'm missing like anything in particular from the UK. Maybe like a really good Sunday roast. But also, I feel like perhaps I've like shut that side of side of it off in my head because in my head I'm like, if I was in the UK, I wouldn't be able to eat out anyway. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm just making the most of being here. But yeah, Sunday roasts. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> is there is there anything in particular? I mean, I, there's a lot of foods that I can think of. But is there anything that you can't be like adult around? You know, like once you pop and all that. Is there anything that is like <laughs> can't keep that in the house, mate? No way get out like, remember i actually really love foods like i came into nutrition from a, a massive foodie background not because i wanted people to not eat food so oh wow i mean most things <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> I tell just, you. genuinely i just really enjoy food like cake is definitely my weakness mm. like put good carrot cake cake in front of me i'll be there a while yeah I think um, f for me, there's definitely like whole foods that I just can't be very adult around. Like if you give me a plate of like, this sounds crazy, uh, but give me a plate of like chicken thighs or beef ribs and I'll just keep, I, just, I will just keep, I could keep eating that like over that really? crazy, yeah. Or like nut butter. Um, definitely, I have to I have to be very. I have to weigh that out because that's so that's about one of few foods that I'm like, like, yeah, okay, I need to know that so that's there. It's one of few foods um, that I'll that'll be so scrutinized. I'll scrutinize um, uh, oats. I could eat. Oats. Is nut butter whole? Is it is it whole? 
as in a whole ingredient it's, it's a process obviously it's process yeah um i think uh cacao nibs in other things so like putting them in my it's just like man okay right now <laughs> but that's so, so crazy it's like i have cravings for things that are very specific so for i will like the other week i was and funnily enough i was i was actually ill and i was coming up to being ill didn't realize it but it was like cranberries i've got to have cranberries I've got to have walnuts, cranberries, and sweet potato together. I've got to go out and do that. And it's, it's like this intrinsic wow. thing. Uh, I can't remember what the... That's very intrigue, very, very in tune. Yeah, it's very strange. Or it'll be sage. It's like, I literally, I need some sage. Or I need dill. And it'll be really, it's, it's very, <laughs> very strange. And I literally have to go out and buy it. But then I'm like, I can't just sit chewing on this. <laughs> I've got to do something with it, right? And then you have to make things that are interesting. Um, sure. No, that is super in tune though. Like usually it's a case of give me the carbs or I need something salty, especially if you're low on protein. Yeah. That is actually something that I did learn from you was uh, about protein deficiency and, and, and the book that was uh, sort of like I, I explored. The five tastes. Yeah, the, and the five, the five appetites. Um, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit more. The theory was, it's well-researched theory, that there are five different appetites and we are no longer in tune with those appetites. So a lot of the cravings actually are translating to something completely different. Like they mentioned a protein craving can come out as cravings for umami. So anything salty. And that's why if you're smashing the crisps, you need to have a look at your protein intake for that day. That's quite a common one. Um, you know, carbohydrate cravings can actually mean that you're deficient in nutrients. So our bodies aren't very good. I mean, you sound quite in tune with it, but our, bod our bodies in general aren't very good at asking for the right thing. Mm. They just go, you just need something. Yeah, feed me Seymour. Basically, yeah. yeah. I think um, one of the biggest ones that comes up a lot of the time is chocolate and cheese cravings. And they are... Not magnesium. Yeah, salty or stress stress responses that are going, oh, I need a bar of dairy milk or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and, but actually, it's like it's feeding uh, unbeknown to us, you know, unbeknown to people that are eating at the time. It's like, actually, no, I need my adrenal support. In. So it's like, do I need this? Or can I, like, find it somewhere else? Or uh, is there sure. a better source or a better source of it? But, it's, but people won't know that initially. It's, do you know, it's a hard cycle to break. And it's, it's also looking at things like caffeine first thing in the morning. Caffeine first thing in the morning makes you crave sugar later in the day because it messes up your blood sugar control. Mm -hmm. So is it really you that's needing the carbs or is your body just going, hang on a second, this caffeine that you put into me is really messed things up. So now you need to adjust it back by giving me all the sugary stuff. For me, the, one of the biggest things that I learned about caffeine was it needs to, well, two things. One, a really great friend of mine said to me that you need to have it with food. You shouldn't have it black on an empty stomach. You should have it with food. And that's where yeah. people get that disruption, you know, the jitters and the anxiety and whatnot. And actually what it comes from is the fact that caffeine needs to be chelated to a fat source. So and I know that there's a very famous person that does that um and, and that's a very w wide uh, bulletproof version but in actual fact it's making sure that it does have a a fat source to be able to bind it to and that's what helps it get better used in the body um so if if you are having coffee black it's just make sure we have some kind of fat with it like a like a really good butter 
or um, yeah, or a coconut oil. Um, but yeah, no, caffeine, I think for a lot of people is that they don't even understand that when they're picking up the bottles of Pepsi Max or Diet Pepsi and or you know Diet Coke and all those other things, that it's still feeding caffeine into the system. Um, yeah. It might not be as directly, or even tea and all those other things. Those are the compounds in them to uh, to calm them down and, and change the response. Um, but I've never tried, something I haven't tried is like matcha. I've tried green tea okay. a lot. But I've not tried matcha powder in particular. Uh, but apparently that has I'm a big a fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan. So it's, um, as you know, a lot of teas, as well as containing caffeine, they contain theanine. Yeah. So you get this real dual effect of the caffeine gives you the, the pick-me-up and the theanine calms you down. So they think that you're more focused rather than just, you know, jittery and ready for war, so to speak. But, you know, even some of the studies on, on caffeine are really interesting in a sense that it doesn't actually improve our performance. If anything, it reduces our concentration. So they um, tested them in a lot of different settings. In an office setting, you think you're ready to be able to focus. But what actually happens is you go back to toddler brain. So you're really excited. You want to do all the work, but you can't focus on the work. So, yeah, it's actually like the consciousness. Theanine. Sorry, Theanine saying, brings you back down a little bit. Yeah, so it's a little bit more more calming. It's not as uh, what's the word I would use, like yang. It's not got fire. Uh, yeah. It's got a little bit more like yin to it. It's a little bit more. Sure. Um, weaning people off of caffeine is very hard too. That's really very very <laughs> difficult. I mean, yeah. What do you find then as a nutritionist is one of the, some of the most difficult things that, that you see with clients and trying to get them to embed into their daily habits or rituals? What do you think are the biggest things that, um, that, that always come shining up to you? Breakfast. I would, I would probably, like genuinely, I need to pick on breakfast because that's probably one of the ones that is either being avoided or it's being done really badly. Mm. Part of it will be down the way that food's been marketed to us because we used to think that cereal is king. But it's just having that really good quality meal first thing in the day. It makes the biggest difference, but we probably pay the least attention to it. I think one of the biggest things right there is that people know that eating well takes a, a, a more than a minute. You know, it's a bit more than just sticking something in the microwave and walking away or whatever. Um, and another thing that I know that you do a lot is, uh, is like overnight oats. Mm -hmm. Really good solution right there uh, to make sure yeah. someone's got something that they can just wake up to and it's just like bang. Um, yeah. But another thing I, I find, especially with, with, with breakfast is, and I had this question the other day on my Instagram, is that someone was saying like, you know, like, oh, I, I don't want to, I, I can go without breakfast like it's like a badge of honour. Like I wear that as like a badge of honor. I can go without breakfast and I can do so much and, and my brain's so, so great. Um, and they might see their weight drop because they've stopped eating breakfast or they've stopped having meal one very first early on in, in the morning. Uh, and it's just the fact that they move those calories a little bit later on and it's just juggling things around a, a little bit. Um, but like you talked about earlier with caffeine, it's just managing blood sugar a lot throughout the day. Sure. Uh, it's so. not, you know, individual differences will always exist. And I'm, I'm naturally not a breakfast person either. And in fact, a lot of the studies are now showing that it's not 
what time you're having your breakfast it's what you have for breakfast that counts so whether you're the kind of person that needs to eat the moment you're out of bed or you can wait until 11 o'clock it doesn't matter we just need to make sure that that first meal of the day whatever time it is is a really good solid one with loads of protein in there and loads of nutrients what did you eat for breakfast today well for meal one eggs eggs (laughs) Um, I had eggs, shrooms, sprouts, and I've got this herb paste in the fridge at the moment, which is just rosemary, thyme, oregano, and parsley with some olive oil and lemon. Wow. It's a really good way to basically boost nutrient value of food without that. I popped in with some scrambled eggs and some mushrooms and sprouts. So it's kind of like a, it's like a pasty gramolata. Yeah, yeah, basically, but it tastes so good. Like it's, yeah. it's just fresh herbs, so it tastes amazing. One that I learned very, very long time ago was, I mean, and it's something that I've always done and it, and it annoys so many people and a lot of people sit there and go like, are you being real? But um, meat and nuts or meat and fruit. So for me, it's, uh, for me, it's like, so I'll have some beef mince, it'll be red, red meat and, uh, and berries. Usually it's typically like blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, dark thin skinned berries, but today I, or grapefruit, some kind of citrus, something that's mm-hmm. like first thing in the, mor- in the morning. Um, what I struggle with though is like, so say I am going to, if I'm going to train after breakfast um, and if I have like oats or something that's quite carb heavy beforehand, it's just like, I want to go back to sleep. Like I want to <laughs> calm down. And so what something that you were saying there is that the meal one should, depending on your goal, right? should fire you, I guess. And it's like making sure that it's working for you. It's serving your yeah, purpose. Sure. Um, I mean, if you're going to be training straight after breakfast, it's not a great idea to have protein because it just digests so slowly. Like I would probably maybe rely on carbs a bit more heavily, but as, as a generalization, I would say the majority of us would benefit from starting on protein specifically Plenty of studies reduces cravings later in the day. They think it's also protective of abdominal fat, which is a big, big thing. It helps to balance your blood sugar a little bit better. Great for the adrenals. So protein is king at breakfast. Not cereal, people. Not cereal. (laughs) You mean cornflakes aren't going to make me superhuman? You being real? (laughs) Didn't work for Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay so let me think about where does where does your where does your actual food inspiration come from because i've seen that you do loads of collaborations with some really great people um denby being one and some different Mm -hmm. very specific uh like food companies that sell uh, and and like i know that you're a big supporter of like culture collective and some of the amazing foods that, that are out there so like, where does your inspiration for, for, for cooking and, and, and food come from? Sure. I mean, like, I'm a really, really big foodie. So I tend to do these things where I get really excited about going to, to farms, like organic farms, and speaking to companies that do things without cutting corners. The Culture Collective are a really great example because they just do amazing fermented foods properly. Um, Clarence Court is another one I work with. So they're like a super sustainable, like very welfare orientated egg company. Um, And I I tend to put a lot of research into it and then work with those ingredients. I also look at seasonality a lot. 
so what can we get in Britain that's, you know, banging season, that's going to be super fresh and we've grown it here. I get driven by that a lot as well. Um, try and avoid the trends so much, but try and bring in things that we can grow locally that are amazing for us and can be super tasty. So that's probably it. I, t- I start with ingredients and then I'll work my way up from there. Yeah, I think that's 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 an amazing way to go in because it's like sometimes... What about the, you? The, wow, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, my background with food is like, it's really intrinsic to me because I always knew there was something about the way that I was eating that was, to start off with, was wrong and it wasn't quite doing something for me. But, you know, I, everyone else does it. So, you know, I should eat it too, right? Or whatever. But then when you figure out those things for yourself and know what works and what, you know, for you, you know, you have to remember that we're all as individual on the inside as we are to look at on the outside. And so, you know, the kind of foods that I eat and the way in which my foods um, affect me would affect somebody else completely and utterly differently. But um, the first person that really got me sort of like bitten into food, as it were, a nice pun there, was one of my old trainers. And he worked for, and he worked for, he worked for Poliquin Group previously, but he was Texan. Okay. And so he was from Texas. And you know that in Texas, it's all about barbecue, but it's about real barbecue. It's not about like grilling, you know, sausages and burgers in the summer. It's about the low and slow smoked um, post oak food. And that sort of like just sent me down a whole path because me and him would talk about stuff and he'd share things. That sent me down the whole path of like real fire cooking. And, uh, you know, I'd go to Meetopia in, in London, which is a really amazing festival. Um, and then just enjoying that sort of great ingredients, that really organic, very masculine, I suppose, thing of like fire. Everyone <laughs> likes a bit of fire, don't they? Uh, but it being something that I was willing to eat, you know, like I'm, I'm okay with eating like big hunks of protein and everything else. I'm not willing to sit down to stacks of pancakes and all those other things. And sure. so, yeah, there's a really great restaurant in, in, in town. It's not really that, that great, really. Um, but it's just something that I like, you know, something that I, I like. And then I just found so many, so many influences through that. And then that, that led, me, led, lead, led me down a path of like, okay, barbecue is full of very, it's very male-oriented. And you find that it's just about time, temperature, hunk of meat, job done. But it's like, but there's something more to it than that. And then uh, that sent me down a path of like, how do we prepare vegetables over flame? How do you make sure, um, you know, that you can cook a whole meal over flame, not having to do half in the house and half over this stuff. And then you start to explore different options and find, and I saw that you'd had the most amazing fire roasted butternut squash with some kale and some stuff uh, only the other day. Uh, that's probably been done in, in a wood fire, etc. Yeah, it was. Um, and there's such a different taste. It's not the most amazingly healthy thing in a lot of carcinogens uh, in the body, but that method of preparation is so try. It's like it's like a tribal. It's very intrinsic um, thing in, in in most of us. We know that 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 fire and smoke goes so well with 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 food in very many different sure. ways. And so that was where my inspiration came from. Look, it's context as well. It's 100% context when it comes to the barbecue inside because there's a big difference in how your body's going to react to burnt sausages smashed into a bread bun that's probably a far-removed cousin of wheat 
versus having a really good quality like well thought out ingredient that's been cooked slow and low like you said with some salad or a few vegetables that you've also put on the fire like there's a very big difference between that so really when you're talking about the carcinogens from from charring food we know that there's a lot of things that you can use to offset so one of the things if you think about areas of um you know latin america that do a lot of barbecuing the garlic offsets any bad that you're going to be getting from that char and the herbs that you probably put into chimichurri will also do the same so it's absolutely about context when it comes to food yeah uh one was uh, amazing is the spices that you'd use in jerk and, and jerk cooking you know very caribbean yeah um they are protective as well you know the yeah. uh, the cinnamons and the um common if it's like clove and anise and things like that that go in there yeah and um, they are protect protective as well but yeah you're completely right it's a, there's a difference between slamming a charred black sausage that's packed with a bunch of other stuff versus real wood fire yeah. that's not pellets or uh some some composite material that's been glued yeah. together known as charcoal you know most charcoal uh, it's very different over a real wood flame and 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 it is a completely different experience um, you need to check out fire door in um australia well i did check out i went we were trying to go to the pig after i saw the uh, um after, after you after you'd been yeah and, the, and the, that was very good um and there's loads of amazing places around the world that, that I'd like to go. And actually, um, one of my guests is somebody who flies around the world and, and, and eats world foods and then celebrates them in, in and she's connected to Metopia as well. So I'm going to be speaking yeah. to her very soon as well. So, um, Sounds be exciting. Great. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Actually. She's a, she's a, she's a good egg and another good egg. Um, <laughs> but something else that I find as well, talking about world foods, um, and I kind of want to go back to like, fermentation because you talked about i always say fermentation because i watch a lot of american stuff of <laughs> fermenting things or controlled rot i like <laughs> i like that one as well um less, less so. <laughs> yeah it's quite it's quite interesting um but things like kombucha and 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 kimchi and all, all, all of that stuff but uh here's one for you tapache yeah ever had tapache no no what is that it's a, it's, a, it's a Mexican pineapple fermented drink that typically they'll mix in with cerveza or, or you know, like a Mexican beer. beer. Um, yeah, you've got to check that out. I know that How you, cool. love it. You, you will <laughs> love that. Yeah, fermented pineapple drink. Love um, it. But yeah, so I know you're a massive fan of, of fermenting as well. Do you, get, do you get time to ferment stuff yourself or? Do you know, I'm probably a little bit lazy. So I just seek out the guys that do it really well. Yeah. instead but no I'm, I'm a really big fan because we have gone away from natural ways of eating and with that you lose the diversity in the gut microbiome so our, our gut bacteria are really responsive to having a really diverse diet that's really high in fiber and loads of different plant fibers and then if we just eat quite you know a monocultural diet which we do then it always makes sense to add in fermented foods for various different reasons. There's studies that link it to moods, um, mental health, skin issues, the adrenals, hormones. So the immune system, like 70% of the immune system is linked to these bacteria as well. So I think it's always a great idea to top them up. 
think two things that people get scared about with fermented food. Firstly, the word, the, the word puts people off a little bit. Um, secondly, is either like salt and they think it's like, obviously it's like sauerkraut and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but as well, I think that some people just don't know how to use them. I think that's something. Sure. It's just like, how do I get it in? And then actually when you start to look at cultural food, so like in probably where-ish where you are, you might find a lot of sauerkraut with heavy, uh, heavy sausage based products and things like that. Probably more Germany than here. Probably but yeah. more Germany, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do it, if they'll do it there. But, um, but yeah, so you find like sauerkraut with things like that. But here's something that I did want to speak about is uh, one of our favourite Nottingham restaurants, or Kushiya, and utilising yeah. the fermentation stuff, especially like just things that are so basic, such as like soy, or even people don't even really realise that like even chocolate is fermented and bread is fermented and um, even the yogurt that you're eating at home, that's fermented yeah. and they just don't see that connection. But just to bring Kushiya back in, um, or even just the restaurants in, in Nottingham. Have you, where are your favourite restaurants here in Nottingham? I mean, like, I think she is going to get my vote every time. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, those guys just do the most awesome food and they're really inventive and I just love that. And also they, you know, the fact that they are using very traditional methods to cook a lot of the things that they're making as well, like loads of bonus points, but predominantly because it tastes so good. Yeah. So yeah, as smoked taqueria, when they come up to the Nottingham street food, they're really cool too. I've got a lot of time for anyone that actually pays attention to the ingredients that they're using rather than just smashing anything on the plate. So I'm, again, we're going back to me being very ingredient focused, good quality ingredients. They're going to win every time. Mm. Yeah. I think it's something that's really important is that, you know, when people are interested in food, because the food's actually good. You know, it's and 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 smoked was um, one of the one of the best places that I found uh, for for tacos. And I literally I've been to London to eat uh, some of the best tacos from around the world. And um, yeah, it's just you don't realise how good their their food is. And again, it's over flame, whole processed food as much as it, as, as simple as simple yeah. ingredients as minimally processed as it can. Just real food at the end of the yeah. day. That was a really awesome shout, by the way. I love that recommendation. <laughs> yeah. But if there was sort of like at least like three things that you'd pass on to somebody to say, look, okay, if we're going to focus on like nutrition and just trying to keep yourself well, what are the top three things that you'd pass on to somebody just to say, if you do these all the time, you'll pretty much be all right? Sure. Um, protein at breakfast, 100%. 10 portions of veg a day, so 10 different vegetables a day and hydrate yeah. <laughs> we are basically house plants, aren't we, with more complicated needs? Yeah. You got <laughs> I think any that was a quote that I heard. <laughs> yes, I like it. That's a good one. <laughs> Have you got any good strategies for hydration? Because a lot of people would say that, but I think that a lot of people just don't know how to come to it or they just don't find water that palatable. But is there anything good to keep people interested? Sure. I mean, I'm, again, I'm quite bad at drinking water, so I completely relate to people that are I find for me personally having a large glass of water the first time I wake up is a really good one but also pay attention to like how fatigued you get without water and trust me you can soon get it in if you're not too fond of just plain water by itself try things like herbal teas or just add in frozen fruits water and that gives it a little bit of flavor but 
generally speaking, just just keep on top of it. It's you know, keep a glass of water by your desk. Definitely glass, not plastic bottles. Yeah. Um, and that really helps. It says right here, drinking his water from a plastic <laughs> cup. <laughs> Get a glass. Oh, it's BPA free though, at least. Come on. Can they give me that one, Eva? Come on. Mm-hmm. And then what about all the other chemicals? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and people and then and then the best thing is that when people go and microwave the food that they're just about to eat in, in the plastic and everything else, I know. Yeah. But takeaway containers are just as much of a problem. Yeah, and not only that, but sustainability and recycling and everything else that's going off as well. Thinking about the bigger picture. Um, yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? So, if um, people are going to be more interested in you, where can we find more about you, the good egg, either the Whole Food Warrior? <laughs> Thank you. Um, WholeFoodWarrior.co.uk or the same under Instagram at Whole Food Warrior. Loads of healthy recipes. That's pretty much what I do. I just post pictures of my dinners. <laughs> and, and there's no cats but there's definitely a promise of food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that, like I said, right at the top of this conversation was the fact of it's really about, you can see in the stuff that you share that it is all about food and nutrition first. And from sure. that, you know that you're going to get some good deep health is the word that would use, uh, you know, just starting there and people can find that uh, at Whole Food Warrior on Instagram. Um, yeah. So Eva, thank you so much. Thank you more than anything. You've been absolutely fascinating to speak to and you've given up your time for me today. And so I'm really thankful of that. Thank you very much. Thank you.